Refreshingly real, refreshingly honest, refreshingly human. A podcast about human connections, shared experiences, and finding that line of humanity. With your host, Hannah Pillow. Hello, beautiful humans. It is Hannah Pillow, and today. It is a bittersweet day of the last ever episode of Refreshingly Human. While I am sad to be recording the last episode ever, I am so fired up and energized for my next steps. Refreshingly Human has just been an amazing stepping stone to getting me to where I needed to be, and I am so thankful for the people I have met along this journey, the networks I have made, and the lives that we have touched through this podcast as well. It has been so amazing. So, firstly, thank you to all of you out there who have been supporting this podcast. Now, not to say that this is the end of Hannah Pillow, because absolutely not. We have. We are going to be achieving so much in the next few years. I'm so excited. There is a whole new journey coming up, and I cannot wait to tell you all about what is next for Hannah, myself. But I know I owe you a little bit of a closure to the season that we just done on sex and sexuality, and I think we've covered. Everything now, you know, like there was supposed to be a part two to my story, but I've just been thinking about it, and I think that we have went full circle with this topic, and we have explored it in every single angle that we could. I think that there's just so many takeaways here, and we've discussed it so much in the episode with myself and Leanne when we talk about the communication barriers and why we need to move past and change the dialogue of sex. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow the same format that I did with my guests, and I'm going to wrap up my session on or my episode on sex and sexuality by telling you where I am at now. So yes, I did have to do a lot of work to get to where I'm at now, and there was so much I had to unscramble in my head. There were so many. Barriers. There were so many things I had to discover, and you know what? Again, we spoke about it all so much in previous episodes. It's you know, it's coming from finding out what that sex is more than just procreation. Finding out that there's an actual pleasure behind it, um, and you know what? Actually, taking away from doing this entire season. There are still so many people out there who have this mindset that if a woman Talks about sex, they can like DM her and say whatever the fuck they want to her. So yeah, there's so much of work we need to do. If people are still thinking that if a woman shows herself in a sexy picture, if a woman talks about sex, that you can still you can slide into her DMs and be like, oh, you like to talk about sex? DM me. I'll talk about sex with you. Like, what the fuck? Get your priorities right. Like. This is why we had this entire season about sex for you. Listen to the message, take it away, and I think especially I think in one of the episodes we covered that if you are a group of men with friends, like a group of men friends, there's always going to be like at least. Well, I don't want to generalize and say there's always going to be one, but just be aware that there might be that one man in your group who does not treat women right. And if you are a true f- 
feminist, if you are truly one who stands up for women and women's rights, you need to call them out. You know, you need to call them out and you need to be like, this is bullshit behavior. Respect women, respect humans. End of story. <laughs> Sorry, I just get so wind up about this topic. It just really grates me that people still have this mentality in today's time. We really need to fight out against it. So that is all I want to say on the topic of sex, simply because I feel like we've said it all this entire season and I'm going to leave it there. But what I do want to talk about today is why I'm pivoting into something so new. And if I'm being really honest, it's not new at all. When I started Refreshingly Human, I started it with this purpose of showing people how there's so much of difference in the world, yet underneath it all, we are all human and we all want the same things. I'm not sure that the podcast was the best way to get this message across. And while it's been great to do and there has been so much that we got out of this, all of us, I feel that my talents are better utilized in the skills that I am going to be, the project that I am currently working on that's going to be launched so soon. So I'm just going to like give you all a little bit of a context of who I am. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know already who I am. I'm just give you a little bit more details about who I am, what I want to accomplish and why. And I think that would be the most kick-ass end to the Refreshingly Human show. <laughs> so here goes. Now, a lot of you know that I am born South African. So I was born in a small city called Durban. Uh, I was brought up in Durban. I was raised there. Um, I've never, I'm, I'm of Indian heritage, but I've never been to India. I grew up in a very closed, what I like to call bubble. So I grew up in a Muslim bubble, I would say, a Muslim South African bubble. So that means that my family were all Muslim, my friends were all Muslim, the schools I went to were all Muslim, and everyone around me were Muslim, Indian, and South African. Those were the labels that they held. That was the bubble I grew up in. And we don't really realize that we are growing up in a bubble until we are forced to leave that bubble. There was something quite specific that I remember growing up um, Within my community, they would always advise us to marry close to the family or within the family or to someone that we know. And the reason that they would say that is because they they advised, they, you know, the elders, they advised that if we marry to into a familiar family in a familiar setting, it's easier for us to adjust because we know that way of life. So that was the advice that was given in, in our circles. So they used to like keep that bubble tight, keep it really knit. And when I did eventually get married at the age of 18, I married into a Pakistani Muslim family. Now, coming from a South African Indian bubble, you would think that I would you know, you would think that the culture should be similar, right, with Pakistani Muslim family in South Africa. But I'm going to tell you what the biggest difference was that I didn't realize at that time. The biggest difference was that I was third generation South um, Indian, 
third or fourth generation India Indian. Oh gosh, my maths is so bad. But let's say, let's say third generation Indian, <laughs> and I'm married into a first generation Pakistani family, which means that my ex husband's mom and dad, um, so my ex grew up. It was born in Pakistan. He moved to Saudi Arabia with his family, and then they all moved to South Africa. Um, so their roots to the Pakistani culture was a lot closer to my roots to the Indian culture because of uh, because of the way we were brought up, because of the fact that his parents were in Pakistan. My mom grew up in South Africa. I grew up in South Africa. My grandmother, I think, grew up barely a lot more in South Africa. So. There was like a huge cultural dynamic shift there, and I only realized that when I got married because my marriage happened super super fast, <laughs> and it's such a long story about how I ended up getting married. But the short story is, my ex and I married within two weeks of agreeing to marry him. Um, so it was so fast; it happened really quickly. And I only started noticing the vast cultural difference when I actually got married and had huge difficulties um, adjusting to the way of life. So that was my first ever experience with like culture shock, and that was within South Africa. I hadn't, I didn't even have to leave South Africa, but I had to leave my bubble, my social bubble. And as most of you know from listening to this podcast, that. I did eventually get divorced after seven years, but that seven years had taught me so much about a different culture, a different way of life, and a different way of thinking about life as well. Because not everyone's like me, not everyone thinks like me, and just because I grew up doing things a certain way doesn't mean that that was the right way to do it. There are different ways to do things, and it it really grounded me to realize that being in that situation. Um, so yeah, so then I moved after my divorce. Shortly after my divorce, I moved to Istanbul, Turkey, and that was my next experience with culture and cultural shock.、Um, it wasn't really though, because I always felt like the Turkish culture was so similar to my own culture in so many ways, because it is a Muslim country as well, and I grew up in that very thick Muslim bubble. So I wasn't amazingly shocked by things that happened, but I will say that there was one. Huge difference. When I left to Turkey, I had left my Muslim faith as well, and、um, that would be the huge difference because I grew up in that very tight Muslim bubble, and then I left it completely. I left the religion, and that opened a whole new world to me. So that was, I think, yeah, I think even before going to Turkey, that was another whole cultural shift for me because I went from being. Labeled and growing up and in a Muslim bubble to being a well non-believer, I don't relate to any religion, and to just living a completely different lifestyle. My mindset changed, my social circles changed, my bubble expanded, and so I moved to Turkey with a whole different mindset from the one I grew up with. So that was another thing that changed me and really changed the way I think, changed the way I see people, and. Just changed everything in my life, really. So, I think that I grew the ability to see perspectives from such a unique way because I actually experienced so many different perspectives firsthand. You know, Muslim bubble, Pakistani bubble, non-Muslim bubble, and then being a foreigner living in another country. So I've just 
my perspective just broadened with every move in my life. And um, Turkey kind of really opened my eyes because I lived with a lot of Americans. And then I, my best friend is Indonesia, Indonesian. Hi, Isha, bestie. <laughs> yeah, she's Indonesian. Um, and then another one of my besties is Filipino. Um, another one is, uh, I think, yeah, American as well. So my bubble expanded hugely. I also made some really, really close connections with some of the Turkish uh, people as well and really got into speaking to them and really knowing them and letting go of my ego and just like hearing a different perspective of life, you know, just simply listening and not judging. And that, again, opened my mind so much to so much more of the whole wide world that we live in. Now, after that, I moved um, to Manchester in England, where I'm now married to my current husband, who all of you know as Mr. Daniel Pillow. And he is a very, you know, he's white, he is British, and his family is completely, a completely different culture from me. Um, so I got, what happened actually is I got from one bubble to another bubble. So from the Muslim bubble to the Pakistani bubble to no bubble in Turkey because I was like with so many different people and not just so many different people, but I was from so many different people who had left their own bubble. So our, our, our form of mind, the way we thought was so similar to each other and so I was like in a whole new world. And then I came back to stepping into somebody else's bubble. And that is like my, my current husband and his family. So I kind of stepped into their bubble and realized how tightly sealed their bubble was or is actually. <laughs> um, and that was an interesting experience for me because it's kind of like I had to come in and poke holes into their very tightly knit bubble because... I started being the receiver of microaggressions, the receiver of unconscious bias. And while, you know, it is all well-meaning, which I, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into that on my new platform, but people might mean well, but that doesn't mean they're going to actually, their actions are going to actually translate into well-meaning actions. And that is like the biggest issue. So having not experienced microaggressions before or not even being aware of them because they weren't that big before in my life because I was so secured in my own bubbles before that, I started to really think about how do I change this? How do we change this dialogue? How do we, how do we reach people who haven't left their bubbles? You know, um, because the world is changing, right? Um, People are not from where we think they're supposed to be anymore. So I'm brown skinned, but I'm not from India. I'm from South Africa, you know, and there's so many more people like me in the world and our identities are so complex and our cultures are so complex. And what I found when I was receiving microaggressions um, was that I felt like I constantly had to defend who I was against who I was made um who they were trying to make me out to be in, in a form of wanting to learn about me. And it became a very much a struggle 
And it also put up a lot more boundaries and kind of it made me retreat away from the people who were, you know, doing, you know, unconsciously doing the microaggressions to me. So it made me kind of like step back, retreat from them. But because they are people who are constantly going to be in my life, I wanted to like really think about how do I shift this? What is the problem? Because we are thought um, about diversity and inclusion at work. We are thought about it in universities. We are thought about it in school. So where is the problem actually coming from? Why are we not able to change the way we talk? Why can we not identify when we are perpetuating microaggressions? So when, why can we not become more aware of our unconscious bias? And I just really started thinking about it. And I started to notice my own uh, unconscious bias as well. I started to become more aware of my own unconscious bias, my own microaggressions. Um, and what I realized is that there's a bit of a gap between learning the terminologies and knowing what they are and how to actually practically apply that to our daily lives. You know, I think that we have a lot out there about how to you know, identify it in business, how to change the land of business, which is brilliant. You know, of course, that's something that's well needed. But what about our families? And what about our friends? Don't we want everyone to feel safe and included and seen for who they are? So that is why I am shifting so drastically from this beautiful podcast that I'm so grateful for, to creating a course that's called We Just Want to Understand. And it is a course that's going to take people from the fear of offending to to creating, co connecting with confidence and clarity and understanding. So we're going to address all of these big ticket things that I just mentioned in my entire story. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, we're going to really dig into how it feels to be a receiver of microaggressions, where our assumptions and stereotypes stem from, why we might be thinking the way we are, what our collective bubbles are, what is our identity. We're going to be digging and diving deep into all of that. And I'm also going to be providing you with so much value on my new Facebook page at Revolutionary Conversation Guru, which I will link in the show notes for you. Please follow that for more information. There is a free webinar coming out on the 21st of June. To grab your seat, DM me and you can join the free webinar where I'll give you so much more information about the upcoming course and of course leave you with some very, very big value to take away as well. So that is where I'm at. That is what I want to achieve and what I've been working on so passionately and really just got so wrapped up in. So once again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's followed us so much on the Refreshingly Human podcast. I really do appreciate all of you so much. And I think that we have gotten so much value from this podcast. I know I have. I know I have learned a lot and I have met amazing, amazing people. So yes, thanks so much. But do follow me, keep following me, find my new Instagram page, especially if it's something that resonates to you. You know, if it's something that resonates to you, come and follow us and see what we're doing, see what we're about and tell us what you want, what you would want out of a course like this as well. I would love to hear that from you. But now I'm going to say goodbye on this platform. And yes, so sad. 
so sad to say goodbye on this platform, but goodbye, my lovely listeners. And thank you all so much for your support. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, don't forget to share it with a friend you think would enjoy the content as well. You can also leave me a review on iTunes or podchaser.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Refreshingly Human Podcast, Facebook as Refreshingly Human, and LinkedIn as Hannah Pillow.